What a beautiful opportunity this morning to be able to sing and to be able to share. And uh, it just enlightens your soul, enlightens your spirit to be able to sing praises to the Lord. And just the privilege to be able to sing today. And what another privilege it is to be able to open up God's Word for a few minutes and allow the Lord and allow His Spirit uh, to speak to our hearts. Go ahead and be finding 2 Corinthians chapter 1. We started this book last week. And uh, we're going to walk through the journey through this book over the next several weeks. And the theme of 2 Corinthians is encouraging words in discouraging times. When Paul is writing this letter, it was a very discouraging time for the church of Corinth. Corinth had an enormous amount of problems. Corinth, the church of Corinth, was no different uh, than any other church. When you have a, a group of people that are imperfect, there's going to be some imperfect things that happen. So Paul addresses, in fact, this is the second time uh, that he addresses the church. And we find ourselves down in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 12 and following. Follow along with me. The Bible says, our boasting is this. The testimony of our conscience that we conducted ourselves in the world in simplicity and godly sincerity. Not with fleshly wisdom, but by the grace of God and more abundantly toward you. For we are not writing any other things to you that what you read or understand. Now I trust you will understand even to the end. As also you have understood us in part that we are your boast as you also are ours in the day of, Lord, of the Lord Jesus. And in this confidence I intended to come to you before that you might have a second benefit or a second blessing. To pass by way of you to Macedonia to come again from Macedonia to you and be helped by you on our way to Judea. Therefore when I was planning this. Did I do it lightly? Or the things I plan, do I plan according to the flesh? That with me there should be a yes, yes, and no, no. But as God is faithful, our word to you was not yes and no. For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who was preached among you by us, by me, Sylvain, or Silas, and Timothy, was not yes and no, but in Him was yes. Now all the promises of God in Him are yes, and in Him, amen, to the glory of God through us. Now He who establishes us with you in Christ and has anointed us is God, who also has sealed us and given us His Spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. Moreover, I call God as witness against my soul that to spare you I came no more to Corinth, not that we have dominion over your faith, but our fellow workers for your joy, for by faith you stand." Have you ever been misunderstood in your life? Have you ever said something to someone and they took it the wrong way? Have you ever done something or not done something to someone and they took it the wrong way? All of us in some point in our life have said something that was misunderstood. And oftentimes when you do something or say something that is misunderstood, that's not the end of it. That's really the beginning. It's like a snowball going down the hill. It just, no matter what you do, it seems to get worse and worse and worse. Anytime you're misunderstood, there's a, uh, there's a sick feeling in your heart. You want to try to fix it. You want to try to make it right. And sometimes you can, but a lot of times you can't. It is very difficult to please people every day of your life. You can attempt to do that, 
but you will fail doing that. Paul is writing this part of the letter. You remember last week as we looked at really his, his testimony and how God is the God of all comfort and how he was a great comfort to Paul while he's in prison. But verses 12 through 24, Paul is writing from his personal heart to the church because some in the church has misunderstood him. Some in the church, because Paul had to change some of his travel plans, if you read the end of 1 Corinthians chapter 16, the end of, of, of the first letter to the church of Corinth, Paul is wishing to go back to there. In fact, possibly spend the entire winter in the church of Corinth. But some of his travel plans had changed. And there were some in the church, some of the false leaders and false teachers in the church that said, because Paul, you changed your mind. You're not a man of your word. Therefore, what you're preaching is false. You are a liar. You are a hypocrite because what you said is not what you are doing. Sometimes things change. And especially in Paul's life, in traveling and the things that was going on with him, a lot of times it did change. So how do you live with a clear conscience, knowing that what you are doing is right, even when somebody misunderstands you. There are some here today that are facing a battle with someone because they've misunderstood you. And you are trying everything that you can in your own conscience to make it right. I want to show you this morning about four principles that you can apply to your life that will help you every day when you wake up living with a clear conscience that what you are doing, even though you may not please everyone, what you are doing is right. Look, if you will, at 12 through 14. Here's the first one. The Bible says our boasting is this, the testimony of our conscience that we conducted ourselves in the world in simplicity and godly sincerity, not with fleshly wisdom, but by the grace of God and more abundantly toward you. The first thing you can do to live with a clear conscience is this. Live every day to please Jesus. In fact, you can even add another statement to that. Live every day in your life to please Jesus and Jesus alone. Because if that is your desire to please Jesus, then guess what? You're going to love your brothers, and you're going to love your enemies, and you're going to love those who misunderstand you, and love those, even who those that do not understand what you are doing. You live every day of your life to please Jesus. Paul says it like this, our boasting is this. Here's the testimony of our conscience. Paul is saying, here's what's in my heart. In fact, the word conscience, uh, we use this word a lot in our vocabulary. It is the soul reflecting on itself. It's the idea of knowing oneself. You know what your conscience is saying when many of us do not. In fact, all of us do not know what's in the deep uh, uh, the deep part of your soul, your conscience. God does, but none of, else, none of us do. So Paul is saying here, here's the testimony of our conscience. Here's what my heart is saying, that we conducted ourselves in the world in simplicity and godly sincerity. Our conscience, it either affirms right behavior or it condemns sinful behavior. Praise the Lord that every time, or at the time we gave our life to Christ, 
that He forgave us of our sin and gave us a clear conscience. The Scripture says in Hebrews 9.14, How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered Himself without spot to God, how He can cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. But Paul gives two words in verse 12, the word simplicity, and then those two words godly sincerity. The word simplicity is with pure motives. The phrase godly sincerity means that it comes from two words that mean sunlight and within. It means to to let sunlight in. Paul is saying, hey, here's what my conscience is saying. When I put my conscience up to the light of the Lord, it is pure and it is holy. I wear glasses just like a lot of you do, and you put your, uh, what I do, and, and I don't know if this is right or not, but you can put your glasses up under the, the water, and you, you get a, a handkerchief or a t-shirt or a paper towel or something, and you wipe them off, then what do you do? You put them up to the light, and you see if there's any dirt or any scratches or anything like that that you need to get before you put them on. Paul is saying, in my heart, I have put my soul up to the light the judge of all, which is Jesus. And when my conscience is saying, because I've been redeemed, is that what I'm doing is right and pure. I'm living to please Jesus, even though I may not have pleased you. One of the hardest lessons in life, especially when it comes to young people, is to please Jesus every day. And when you please Jesus every day, There's going to be some folks that you're going to displease. But I guarantee you this, if you strive to please everyone every day, you're going to displease Jesus. So live every day to please Jesus. Paul says it like this in 1 Corinthians 4.4, For I know of nothing against myself. He said, I know nothing in myself that gives me a guilty conscience. He said, but... I'm not justified by this because God who judges me, He's the Lord. 1 Corinthians 10, 12, Therefore let him who stands, let him take heed lest he fall. The Bible goes on to say, he says, Godly sincerity, he says, not with fleshly wisdom. He said, but by the grace of God and more abundantly toward you. He said, we're not writing any other thing to you than what you read or understand. Paul's saying, I have no hidden agenda What you read is what's on my heart. He says, also you've understood us in part that we uh, are your boast and also you are ours. We boast because of what God's doing in your life. Just like in the day of the Lord Jesus. Aren't you glad that every one of us one day is going to stand before Jesus all by ourselves? And the scripture says in Hebrews 11 verse 6 that without faith it is impossible to please God. So we come to Him by faith, and we are washed in His blood, and our sin is forgiven, and we have no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Our conscience is clean, and we live every day to please the One who saved us, even though people may misunderstand us, and deep down in our conscience and in our soul, we are striving to please Jesus every day. But there's a second one. Not only live to please Jesus every day, but the Scripture goes on in 15 and following. And here's the point. Number two, success, godly success, is measured by character, not performance. Godly success is measured by character 
and not performance. Look at verse 15. The Scripture says, And in this confidence I intended to come to you before, that you might have a second benefit. That phrase, second benefit, Corinth at one time had given an offering to help the church of Jerusalem. And Paul had taken that. He says, I want to come back to you to give you another opportunity to help out your brothers in Christ in Jerusalem who are experiencing a lot of difficulty. He says, I wanted to do that. Verse 16, I want to pass by way of you to Macedonia. He says, on my way to Macedonia, I wanted to come to you. And then also, when I leave Macedonia, I wanted to come back by a second time to Corinth. He says, I wanted to come twice in verse 16. Verse 17, therefore, when I was planning this, he said, did I do it lightly? He says, was I lying? Was I dishonest? He says, or the things I plan, do I plan according to the flesh? That with me there should be a yes, yes, and a no, no. Basically what Paul is saying, he says, guys, I don't take this light. I don't wake up and say, hey, where do I want to go today? He says, I'm trying to follow the will of God. And trying to go exactly where God wants me to go. But success in Paul's life was not about what he did. It's about who he was. Now, Paul had a lot of accolades. Paul wrote 13 books of the New Testament. Nine of those were letters to the churches. Two of those, like in 1 and 2 Corinthians. Paul was, a great, was the greatest missionary that we have ever known, planted church after church after church. However, oftentimes in his ministry, he was attacked. He was attacked mercilessly, uh, 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 mercilessly attacked by Satan. He was the prime target of many of Satan's attack. Paul found it incredible that somebody would misunderstand him just because they changed their plans. It would be as if you today were going out to eat and you say, we're going to meet at so-and-so. And through the service, something happened and you wanted to go somewhere else. No big deal. The church of Corinth called Paul a liar and dishonest because of what he was doing was wrong. Now those who were misunderstanding him had other issues. A lot of those with salvation in itself. So Paul was focusing on his character, not on his performance. Verse 18 says, but as God is faithful... Our word to you was not yes and no. God is faithful. And that what we do is to honor Him in our character. What we do on the inside. Our conscience. Not what we do on the outside. I pray that God, and He looks upon you, He judges you by what He sees on the inside. Not by what you do on the outside. Brother John, does what we do on the outside matter? Absolutely. But when you're living with character, it changes what you do on the outside. You can flip that coin many times and on the outside be as godly as can be, but on the inside be lost and corrupt. But if there's something deep on the inside of you that is godly, it will come out in your performance. It will come out in your action. And Paul is saying, look, deep down inside our hearts, we are measured by our character, not about what we have done or what we have not done. Over the last couple of weeks, there has, there's been a lot of strange activity among some of our members. I can't explain it. I don't know. Uh, walking around, there's some people that are just acting weird. 
And the only thing I can attribute that to, because it started about four or five weeks ago, the same time they were tearing down Sonic. Some of y'all thought I was fixing to say something real spiritual and godly, didn't you? And for the last four or five weeks, you haven't had your Route 44 sweet tea. You haven't had that favorite slush. And you're just at the shakes waiting for that building to get built or rebuilt. And if you're like many of us, because that, that road takes us where we have to go many times a day, you can't help but look and see what they're doing. And it looks like they haven't done anything in a month. Then I go down to where they're putting Zaxby's, and it must be the same group working on the same buildings. But you know exactly what's going on. What are they doing? They're building that foundation. They are doing underground activity and underground work, and they're, they're getting that foundation perfect. Because it does not matter what you can see. If what you can't see is not solid as a rock, then what you can see will fall down. Jesus said something like this in Matthew 7 verse 24, Therefore whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on a rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand, and the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it fell, and great was its fall. Paul is saying, look, I can't control the plans. I can't control really what is going on. But I know deep down in my conscience that it is, it is godly sincerity. It is simplicity. And what I want to focus my life on is who I am, not necessarily what I do. Because who we are affects what we do. Paul is saying, praise God, he is faithful. And our word to you was not yes and no. Basically what Paul is saying in verse 18, God knows exactly where my heart is. And I'm not doing anything that is dishonest. I'm trying my best, Paul says, to be the greatest missionary or be a great missionary for the kingdom of God. He backs up those statements, continue on in verse 19. He says, The Son of God, Jesus Christ, who was preached among you by us, by me, Paul says, and Silvanus or Silas and Timothy. He said, The message we preach was not yes and no. He said, But in him it was yes. He said, There was no middle ground. There was no wishy washiness. You know what that word is when it comes to the message of Jesus. He says, all the promises of God in Him are yes. And in Him, amen to the glory of God through us. So live every day to please Christ. Simplicity and godly sincerity. Number two, success is measured by character, not by performance. Measure your life by who you are, not by what you do. And if you do that, then you go to number three. Does outside matter? Yeah. Number three, what you do on the outside is the reflection of what's on the inside. In 15, 16, and 17, Paul focuses on changing of plans and knowing that inside it is yes and not yes and no. 
And in verse 19 and 20, Paul, Paul focuses on what he has preached on the outside. Pretty much Paul was saying is this, if I'm dishonest, if I'm a fake, wouldn't that not come out in what I say? He said, but what have we preached? He said, me and Silas and Timothy, we've all preached Jesus. We've all preached that in Him is yes and amen. That what is on the outside is a reflection of what is on the inside. Not only was Paul's character in question by his enemies, but also the message that he was preaching. 1 Corinthians 2 verses 1 and 2, the first time Paul wrote to the church, he says, when I came to you, he said, I didn't come with uh, excellence of speech or declaring wisdom and the testimony of God. He says, but I'm determined to know this, that Jesus Christ and Him crucified. That's what I want to preach to you. And Paul is saying, what I do on the outside, it's a reflection of what's on the inside. See, performance doesn't matter, character, but when character's right with God, it affects what you do. If Jesus Christ has made a difference inside of you, then Jesus Christ will make a difference outside of you. Somebody says it does not matter what you do, it's just a matter of who you are. Yeah, I believe all that, but who you are affects what you do. If you are saved on the inside, the decisions you make on the outside will affect everything that you do. And because of what Jesus has done on the inside, it affects what you do on the outside. Notice the scripture again. He says, all the promises of God in Him are yes. The promises like forgiveness and the promises like uh, the blessings of peace and joy and goodness and fellowship and strength and hope of eternal life. All of those are yes. He says, in Him there is amen. It's the solemn affirmation of the truthfulness of a statement. Amen uh, uh, is actually a good word to say in church. When anything good is being said. And when a preacher goes the whole day and don't hear an amen, he goes home and he wonders, I can't please everybody, but in my conscience I know what he preached was right. But nobody says amen. Th that was a joke, but y'all, I mean... That was not a joke, but it's good to say amen. In fact, let's just have a practice. One, two, three. Amen. There we go. Jesus is Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Just practicing. It's okay to say it. In Him is amen. Basically, what Paul is saying is, you agreed, Paul says, to what we were preaching. The glory of God through us. So what you do on the outside is a reflection of what's on the inside. Paul is saying my message on the outside is a direct reflection of what's on the inside. And then you come down to the last one. Not only do you live for Jesus every day, live to please Him. Success is measured by what's, on, what's your character and not your performance. What you do on the outside is a reflection of what you do on the inside. And then number four, how to live with a clear conscience. Never forget the day God saved you. Every Day you wake up. And some of you woke up today wondering, I just hope, I just wish they would understand what I was trying to say. Good luck with that. But you can wake up and say, God, I know in my heart that I am saved. And my conscience, I desire to please you every day. I desire to have godly character. 
I desire that what's on the outside is a reflection of what's on the inside. And every day I desire to wake up and never forget the day you saved me. Paul says it like this. Now he who established us, he who worked grace in our life with you. Notice what Paul says. Hey, Paul says, I'm one of you guys. Not just with me, he says, but with us. In Christ, He has anointed us in God. To anoint someone means to commission them for service. Paul says, we're in this together. When you go to heaven, I'm going to heaven. And we're going to worship Him forever and ever. He has anointed us. There's another verb that he uses. He says, He also has sealed us and given us His Spirit. The word seal there refers to the stamping of an identifying mark on something. The Bible says He also has given us His Spirit. God has guaranteed that the promise of eternal inheritance through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit of God. Paul is saying, look, I remember the day walking down that Damascus road when the Holy Spirit of God came upon me and I got saved on that day. That Spirit of Christ that came in my heart and indwelt me and sealed me. That's the time I got saved. Paul says, you have that same testimony. Those of you that know Christ... We're in this together. And my conscience is clear that I remember the day God saved me. And he says, your conscience is clear because you remember the day God saved you. He says in verse 23, Moreover, I call as witness against my soul that to spare you I came no more to Corinth. Paul said, the reason why I didn't come back is the first time I came, there are so many problems in that church that it was disheartening to come back. Not that we have dominion over your faith, but our fellow workers for your joy. For by faith you stand. If you this morning are in a situation where somebody has misunderstood you or you have misunderstood someone. If they are a believer in Christ, as quick as I can say drop it, drop it. Because you'll probably never figure it out. One thing you do know is, do you know the Lord? Yes. And if they know the Lord, yes. Then deep down inside your conscience, never forget the day God saved you. Chalk it up, throw it away, and move on. Paul is saying, hey, all I did was change my plans. And I had to write 13 verses to prove myself that I am a Christian and a follower of Christ. And the message that I'm preaching is true and honest because of what God has done for us that tells us how easy we can be misunderstood. The only person who knows your conscience this morning is God. And the neat thing about our Lord is that He never misunderstands us. He knows exactly what your conscience is saying. He knows exactly what is deep down inside your heart. He knows exactly if you're lost or saved. And so do you. None of us may know that. But our Lord does. And it's that convicting power of the Holy Spirit that will speak to your conscience, your soul. And convict you of your sin. And nobody else may know that. But God does. 
And it's that conscience, the Bible says, that God went and He died for the, on the cross for our sin. His Son, Jesus, died on the cross to cleanse of the sin that is in our life. So what is your conscience saying this morning? Are you living with a clear conscience? For some, it means you need to give your life to Jesus. And as, your Holy, as the Holy Spirit is speaking, in just a moment we have an invitation if you would to come. God knows your heart. And so do you. And if God's leading you this morning to give your life to Christ, I challenge you to do that. For some, it may be, you may be a believer. And you may be like Paul. You're in a, you're in a trial or something and, and there's misunderstandings. And instead of trying to please someone else, just say, God, this is all yours. I'm just going to desire to please you every day. I don't want to be arrogant. And I don't want to be better than anybody else, but God, I just want to please you. And I want to make sure my character matters so much more than what my performance is. And that what I do on the outside is a reflection of what I do on the inside. And God, I want to never forget the day you saved me. And there may be other decisions God may be leading you to do. And I encourage you to follow his leadership, whatever that may be. Lord, we love you today. And God, I pray that each one of us what follow this morning, what your Spirit is saying to us. God, for some, they need to be saved. And God, for some, it may be other decisions. But may we follow what the Spirit is saying to us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to stand and sing.